Hey guys, welcome back to the How To Podcast. The How To Podcast is a lifestyle podcast on creating life you want. This week we have Celia Harper on the podcast who is the founder of Junk London, a sustainable swimwear brand based out of the UK. But don't worry, they ship to the US, so run, don't walk, they're amazing. Celia was also amazing, and I'm so glad I was her first international podcast. I feel so honored. She was also my first international guest, and that showed when I did not know what time zone the UK was in. Good times. But we finally got into call. We talk about how she built junk from the ground up, her experience with sampling and sizing, and what actually goes into making sure her swimsuits are made from recycled materials. Another thing I really admired was how she prioritized working with ethical factories who treat their workers right. She goes into it a little bit more, but I love that it's part of her business plan, and I know you're going to love this episode just as much as I loved recording it. Celia's amazing. I can't wait, so let's go ahead and get into it. Hi, Celia. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. For people who don't know, you and I, we've been we've been trying at this for so long I'm to get something weeks, scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then I didn't know time zones and things got crazy, but we finally made it. We did. Yeah. And this is the first time I've spoken to a podcast that's not in the UK. So it's very exciting. Exactly. This is you're our first international guest. So like I okay. There we go. <laughs> We're I'm, ob- I'm obsessed with your accent. Oh yeah, I think I don't know. People say I sound quite posh, but to me, I'm like, nah. <laughs> yes, all I all I know is that I watched like one season of Love Island UK, and oh yeah, and I I was I was sold <laughs> ever since. I was like, I have to move there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The weather is not great. <laughs> yeah. So where are you? Where are you calling in from again? So I'm living Brighton, which is south. England okay um it's like on the coast by the sea so it's really beautiful but it's you know like we don't get that much great weather in the UK but yeah it is great to live by the sea so especially only like a swimwear round of course so yeah it is good and whereabouts are you from so I am in Utah and oh cool okay yeah so I'm from Missouri which is just like you take a a dart to the middle of the U.S. and that's where Missouri yeah. is, but moved out a little more west for my job. So if you've heard of Kodiak Cakes, it's like a protein pancake brand. <laughs> no, I haven't actually, but um, I'd love to go to the States one day. Okay, so have you visited ever? No, never. Oh my gosh. Okay, the next episode will go in person and we'll, yeah. <laughs> you'll have to come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Well, for those people who don't know, um, just give us a little background on you and then what you do. I found you on TikTok, actually. Um, That's where I find my best guest. And you own a swimwear brand. But just tell us a little more about you and, you know, how this all kind of started. Yeah, of course. So um, I own Junk London, which, like you said, is a sustainable, sustainable swimwear brand. Um, I launched Junk London about a year ago. It's, yeah just over a year ago um so I've always wanted to own a swimmer brand but so it's like always been in the back of my head since I was young not since I was young but since I was kind of like in my early 20s um mainly because I just hated shopping for swimwear like it was always such a weird daunting experience especially for like my body type like I'm quite small and I've got like really big boobs and like I just found the whole thing just a nightmare so I was like there's got to be you know like a better way of doing it so that was kind of always in the back of my mind but it was way before I ever kind of knew about sustainability or um ocean plastic slow fashion like anything like that it was before I was kind of knew anything about it and I was very much um 
addicted to shopping from fast fashion brands um so yeah and then I went traveling and like long story short I kind of spent five years abroad traveling living in Australia and Cambodia and things like that and I think that kind of like sparked my love for like nature and the ocean because I was always living by the ocean um and yeah I think when you're in like in sort of developing countries like Cambodia you kind of notice more like how they have such a bigger waste problem like because then they don't have the facilities to recycle their waste and things so it's quite prominent over there seeing like ocean plastic um and gar- the garment industry is huge over there and they're unfortunately really exploited you know not paid a living wage and things like that so when I came back and I was kind of learning about that I was kind of like well that's the mix that I want in my own brand so then I kind of did loads of research and found the fabric that we use um which is made from recycled plastic and yeah and that kind of sorry I feel like that's quite a long story but (laughs) that's kind of how the brand came about it was like the mix that I could never find of like a cool fun colorful brand that made people feel good but then was also sustainable Mm -hmm. so yeah that's the kind of mix I wanted yeah and so taking it even before then too before traveling abroad has it always been like I know I want to own my own company one day or how did that all start no no oh god no not at all like (laughs) I would I didn't go to uni I didn't like study fashion or or anything like that I very much finished college and just wanted to travel um I didn't really couldn't really find a job that I liked um and yeah I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life so I'm just gonna go traveling and hopefully something will click and then when I came back from traveling it didn't still I um worked in a lot of office office jobs that I didn't like um so yeah it was kind of like it was it took quite a while for me to think that I could do something like that because I didn't have any experience or background in starting a business um so yeah eventually obviously I did do it but it was definitely never something that I wanted to do just because I probably didn't think I could at the time yeah Yeah. and have you always been into fashion I know you mentioned shopping a lot of fast fashion brands and I think that's something we're also I talked about it in past episodes too like the Shein and like companies like that it's so easy to like see a five dollar swimsuit and you're like oh this is perfect yeah no I I've always loved fashion absolutely um I used to spend every penny spare bit of money I had on clothes um a lot of which I just don't own anymore like I used to just you know throw it discard unfortunately and sadly I used to discard clothes a lot when I was traveling because I wouldn't have room in the suitcase but I just didn't see the value in them because everything was so cheap it's just like oh well I can just buy some more when I get to this destination this destination I never really made the connection between who's making those clothes and you know are they biodegradable like they're just sitting in landfill but yeah I always love fashion but um it was only really until I sort of learned about sustainable fashion that I definitely changed my own shopping habits and just like shopping secondhand now and stuff like that is like really important to me and I think that reflects a lot in my brand as well mm-hmm. but yeah no never really wanted to work into fashion just because I didn't have the background mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so after you get back from traveling you decided you're like okay I want to create this swim line brand it's going to be sustainable like do you just sit down and start searching the internet like how does that even you know what's day one look like for you yeah oh god it feels like a lifetime ago now yeah definitely like google was definitely my best friend you just have to be prepared to like search a lot and I think um for me like a big one was um taking inspiration from women especially who had already been there and done it um I say women just because it's 
you like like there's just not that many like really strong entrepreneurial women or there weren't when I was looking anyway so I was kind of really looking for that kind of character to look up to so yeah like loads of listening to loads of podcasts reading loads of books from female entrepreneurs that had been there and done it and just kind of like learning from them and kind of um I can't think of the word like just taking inspiration from them really to take the leap because it's super scary like starting something but yeah just searching google um obviously finding a manufacturer is super important so I was doing that I've been to Asia quite a few times so I wanted to find an ethical manufacturer in Asia which took quite a while to find um and yeah and just kind of knowing I think like the main thing is just knowing what you're going to do to make you different because everything's already been done like it's quite rare that you're going to start a business that is not been done before so especially with swimwear it's like such a saturated market I think I just had to spend a lot of time in the beginning just like really thinking about well what's going to make me a little bit different to everyone else and I think that's where you've got to start yeah and what year is this all happening what year did you start this so like actually like planning the launch would have been so we launched last year it was 2020 so we would have started in 2019 like the beginning of 2019 was when I started planning like it took a good year from the idea to launch um just because the manufacturing process and sampling process can take anything up to a year especially when you it's your first collection you have no prior design experience mm-hmm. so yeah and then like planning the shoots and just getting everything together um the whole thing took a year yeah so I'd love to know like in that <clears throat> you know in the whole like sampling manufacturing process, like what does that look like? Like, is it you, once you get in touch with um, the manufacturer, are you just like, these are kind of the designs I want. And then you're like, they're sending you samples. You're like, yes or no. Like, how does that whole process work? Yeah, definitely. Um, For me, it's like creating mood boards and concepts first, because um, I think if you have a collection, there's got to be some, there's got to be something that makes the collection like flow together. So I think like just creating a mood board and things that of what you want it to look like. And then, yeah, I just had no design experience. So I just literally just drew some sketches and like got some pictures of, of things that were similar and was like, this is what I want. Um, and luckily I worked, I work with a manufacturer that is very specializes in startup brands. So they were really able to take my ideas and put them into a tech pack and then make really good samples for me. But I think going forward, if I had known, I would have had tech packs. And by the way, a tech pack is like, uh, like a, oh, I can't explain it. It's like a, a pack with just all of the measurements, like it's very detailed okay. all for manufacturing for all the patterns and everything like that. I didn't know what that was when I first started. So I didn't go to the factory with one, but most factories do want you to have that. But yeah, like I said, I was quite lucky to be working with a manufacturer who specialized in startups. So they did it all for me. That's super nice. Yeah. Um, and then I ordered the samples and um, there was quite, there was a bit of a communication error because they're in Bali and they're great and they're really skilled at what they do. But we I sent them my own sizes and they I think that got lost in translation. So they've sent me loads of samples, but on their sizes and Asian sizes compared to UK sizes are like completely different. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like in Thailand and Bali and stuff like they all come up really small, their sizes. So I was yeah. sort of like fitting these samples thinking I I swear I ordered my size and it won't even like go over my thigh like yeah so yeah that was kind of the only thing that kind of went wrong um but it was really easily fixed yeah yeah that's that's something I would have never thought about of like what does it a small in the UK might look like a different yeah it's that was like a huge learning curve for me like I had to do my own size chart compared to 
to match up to UK sizes and then obviously universal sizes in general mm-hmm. but it all varies doesn't it like you go to one place and you, it the size 10 fits you and you go to another place and you're a size 14 so it was just kind of really I spent a lot of time trying to make sure that my sizes were best for, the best for everyone that they could be mm-hmm. um and yeah they that got kind of lost in translation but it was easily fixed and I think yeah just make sure you've got like clear communication with your manufacturer yeah and at this point too, you're like doing this all alone, right? This year, yeah. a one a one person team. Yeah, yeah, still am. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how? What was the reaction from like your family and your friends? Was it ever something like this is a cute little side project, or were they super supportive? Yeah, no, they were super supportive. Actually, I'm quite lucky with that. Like, I, my mom is like my mom does her own thing anyway, and then she's like quite like she's like super supportive of anything that I do. So that's really lucky. And yeah, like, I think my friends were sick of me talking about it after some <laughs> point. But like, other than that, really, like, they've all been super supportive. But you always hear like stories about people who aren't. And I can imagine how hard that would be. Yeah, definitely. So something else about your swimsuits that I I thought were really cool was the piece about how they're super sustainable. So on your website, you know, it talks about how all your swimsuits are made from econol and reprieve. Is that, yeah. did I say that's right? Okay. You did, yeah. And um you know, what does, essentially, what does that mean for people who don't know? Yeah, no worries. So Econel is made from recycled ocean plastic. And what that means is it's mainly fishing nets. So um, the there's got a lot of ghost fishing nets that are unfortunately discarded that kill a lot of marine life and they just end up sitting on the ocean floor. Um, so a lot of our fabric is made from ghost fishing nets and other just general bits of ocean plastic. Um, It involves divers actually in Italy diving down to the ocean floor. They collect the ghost fishing nets and then they are then sent on to a regeneration centre where it's then spun into yarn. And it's the yarn that we use to make the swimwear because it's, it's effectively nylon. It's got the same properties as swimwear fabric, but it's made with recycled nets and plastic and then reprieve is the same process but it's just plastic water bottles from landfills or that would have gone to landfill that's awesome so technically can these swimsuits be like recycled or how does this work (laughs) yeah yeah they can be yeah the um the raw material can be extracted and then just continued um to be made into something new so it is circular yeah yeah have you found by you know what like educating people more because something I like about your TikTok is that you are educating people on why sustainable swimwear is important have you noticed you know how has that been as far as the marketing of that and how people responded to that yeah really good obviously there's always going to be people that just don't want to like spend the extra money to shop with with a sustainable brand but I do think that that is definitely shifting a bit more now um I've had um you know women messaging me saying oh they chose to buy one swimsuit off me as opposed to where they would normally buy five off of Shein and how much that's changed not only only the quality like they can really feel the quality but also like how they feel like they're putting their money into a sustainable future because at the end of the day I always say this like you're voting for the future you want with the money that you spend um, and I totally get that not everyone can afford sustainable fashion which hopefully will change in the future but I do think that like you get more cost per wear so you know if you spend x amount of money on a swimsuit as opposed to five swimsuit that might fall apart then you're going to get more out of that and I think that's just what I try and educate people on is that it's better to buy less but buy better mm-hmm. if you can of course yeah And then also for marketing too, like I know we're kind of all bouncing around here, but how has that been as far as like 
marketing it and then trying to also get more into the United States kind of consumer base is TikTok, has that been your number one kind of success or Instagram? Yeah, I've had, yeah, we've had like quite a few orders in the US in summer actually, which was so good. Um, We, yeah, TikTok's been amazing. It's very like hit and miss. Like obviously you can have a video that goes viral and then you can have a video that absolutely flops, but like (laughs) you just gotta like, you just gotta go for it and just see what works. Um, And yeah, and then Instagram obviously as well was kind of our main platform before that. and yeah, we used, we did some paid marketing as well, like over the summer, which did really well, especially with the US and mm-hmm. um, Australia now. So that's good. Yeah. What does a normal day look like for you as far as like, because since you are a one woman show, how, like, what does that process look like as far as like shipping, getting orders, like marketing campaigns? How does, how does that all look like? Yeah, so I still have a job. So I still have a day job. So it depends if I'm at my day job or not. But um, I would say as I've had to be like super efficient because it's only me. And also the other thing as well, I've kind of like had to cut some tasks because there is only me. So I've just kind of had to like really whittle down and focus on what's important. So that will obviously be always be priority will always be like shipping out orders, which I usually do in the morning um, and answering emails and things like that, which is all done in the morning. And then, yeah, I'm really focusing on things like TikTok at the moment. So maybe I'll be making videos, um, planning our Instagram content, um, designing new collections like, oh, my God, it's just so varied I just yeah my yeah. days feel a bit like I'm a bit of a mad mess at the moment I'm trying to like restructure myself a bit better but I don't know things just pop up and when it's just you they just have to be done so yes yeah I'm massively into time blocking at the moment but it's quite new so I don't know if I'll stick to it yeah how often are you putting out new collections or like what does that look like what's the like launch of a new pattern or something kind of entail yeah so we've not really we've not launched anything new since we launched a year ago apart from new colors um just because our just because when you're a small business and you work with a manufacturer um you have to pay for collections up front so and there is a minimum order quantity usually unless you're getting things handmade in the UK like by seamstress um so it's very much that like if you're releasing a collection then it's going to be that has to just be that collection and you just have to focus on selling that before I then have to then pay for another collection up front if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just been just been sort of like focusing on selling this first collection and then I'm now I've already ordered samples for next summer so next summer we will have a new collection and then that will be kind of go throughout the year and then it will kind of go like that if that makes sense so yeah I'll just be focusing on making one really good collection a year because our manufacturing process takes eight months so by the time I've like done samples and ordered the collection everything it will kind of be the season will have gone and then swim season will be come back round. I probably worded this very badly but you can't yeah, get what I know. mean like we just focus on one collection a year yeah um but yeah so I'm obviously working on summer 22 now mm-hmm. um we have the same summer don't we as the states yeah I believe like so April to August kind of yes yeah, yeah, yeah spring yeah. summer yeah so our new collection will come out next spring um okay. which I've just sampled for now Amazing. I love that. And then something I also really like um, that you do, you know, we hear a lot with fast fashion of really unethical kind of factories that they're making the clothes and swimsuits in. And the factory that you chose to work with or manufacture, it's super ethical. Um, So what makes your, so for people who maybe don't understand completely what, um, 
makes your like process in the factories manufacturers different than maybe a fast fashion brand yeah I mean oh god it's like so much firstly <laughs> um I think <laughs> I think transparency is super important like so you need to be telling your audience where you're where their clothes are being made and who's making them etc um so we manufacture in Bali which is obviously in Indonesia um the factory that we work with the main thing is that they pay the workers three times the national wage and they give them free healthcare um, for them and their families as well. And they get like a cooked lunch every day. So they're just super taken care of. Um, and obviously that is reflected in the price that I pay for a, a swimsuit. That's why our prices are more are higher than a fast fashion brand. But yeah, it's, it's purely because they're getting paid fairly, which is super important. Whereas a fast fashion brand like Shein is able to sell you something for £5 because they're not paying their work as well. You know, they could be paying them $2 a week or something ridiculous like that and making them work ridiculously long hours. So, yeah, I think transparency is super important. And, you know, you would never be able to find where Shein manufactures their clothes because it's a very dirty secret that they want to hide. Um, and I would recommend if anyone wants to like learn about um, like factory conditions and slow fashion, and sustainable fashion is to watch the True Cost documentary true cost um, yeah the true cost yeah it's a really good documentary I think you can watch it on YouTube actually um it's what I watched when I kind of first started learning and I feel like you can't unsee that when you've seen it so yeah yes I have a really good friend um named Mallory and she I th- was telling me maybe it's the same documentary because I think she saw it um in school or something but that yeah, it's really hard to ignore that when you see people in such terrible conditions, it really makes you rethink what you're spending your money on. Yeah, and yeah, like you're willing to pay a little more thinking about the people who are <laughs> literally suffering and getting paid nothing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like no one should die for fashion, you know, like it's there's so many good alternatives out there. And you know, yeah, it's just if you can afford it, I know not everyone can, and I completely understand that for some people, fast fashion is the only way that they can afford clothing. But I do think that gets used as an excuse lately, not those people. I mean, like people who are spending, you know, a thousand dollars on Sheen every month um, mm-hmm. when they can afford to shop sustainably. I think that's shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Do you make sure like as far as like, how do you go about picking patterns for your swimsuits? Like, do you try to stay away from like more just fast, trendy kind of patterns? Or do you try to do like ones that like this will be cute for forever? It's pretty just like, yeah, I, yeah. Like with the prints and stuff, um, we've got some more prints coming out next year, actually. Yeah. I do try and focus on stuff that is going to be, that is going to be loved for a long time and not just, I mean, it's really hard because as a designer, you're always surrounded by trends and it can be really hard like to to not want to like jump on them. Um, but I think you have to remind yourself as like the bigger picture, like you don't want to be selling something that is just going to be irrelevant in a year's time. You, I do try and focus on colours that will bold statement pieces that we will love for years to come. And I think that is especially with our prints as well I think yeah like the heart print I think it was just like a classic and it's like it's not it's not particularly on trend at the moment but it's just like something that people like so yeah it's something that's just forever trendy though because I when I was yeah. looking at all your swimsuits I was like oh the heart one's so cute and like yeah the heart one's not necessarily like a specific trim but I feel like it's nothing that ever goes out of style yeah so we are well this is this is the first time I'm going to say this on this podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but we're doing the heart print in two new colors next year. So that's super exciting because it was like our bestseller. 
um, and we're not restocking this collection. So I think, yeah, that was exciting. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and you guys do ship to the US, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. So people want to go look at all the swimsuits, like they just go on the website and they order. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. The web, yeah. The website is junk London, London's LDN.com. Okay. Amazing. Yes. We all need to get on there. Cause yes, they're <laughs> so cute. Um, and then a few other questions too, just about entrepreneurship and like how you started, like looking back and you kind of touched on it earlier, but looking back, knowing now what, you know, like where are some, like, do you regret anything? Would you do anything different or has every learning experience just been super valuable? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff I would do differently if I could go back, but it's not something that I would want to change. So, I mean, yeah, like, oh God, I've made so many mistakes that (laughs) it's just ridiculous, but it's, it's just like taught me so, so much because if you're jumping into something that you don't have any experience in, the only way that you're going to learn is just by doing it. And I think that you can like read every entrepreneurial book in the world or every podcast, but nothing is going to teach you more than just like doing it. And yeah, the mistakes are always positive in the long run. Um, You know, like I've made mistakes that have cost the business so much money and like have just like felt like the end of the world at the time. But now, like I won't make those mistakes and going forward in the next year. So it's all just positive. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I know back in uh, college, I had a shirt company and it was it was kind of, I liked how you're saying like, yeah, you just start Googling everything because you yeah. don't know. And I just remember like, it's almost that thing where it's like, you almost don't know what you don't know. So it's hard to even like avoid a mistake that you don't even know is going to happen. Yeah. So like, yeah. Like, you're so right. Like I literally YouTube and Google everything. Mm-hmm. Like I, every, every bit of tweaks my website that I have to do, I'm on YouTube, like asking how to do it or whatever. So yeah. yeah. And so with that being said too, do you think like for people who are starting their own um kind of business or fashion brand or whatever the case may be like what is your advice to people other than like just do it you know like where are good places to start do you think yeah I think start lean and grow like this is something that I didn't do in the beginning and it's one of the biggest mistakes I made was if you can try and find a factory that if you're doing product based obviously I know this doesn't apply to service based but try and find a manufacturer that does minimum really low minimum order quantities because you don't want to invest like loads of money in stock up front and then and then be stuck with all this stock and it's not selling or you know you really need to like test and learn so I think always start as small as you can and just test what your audience likes because in the beginning you kind of start without an audience so you're kind of guessing um and then as you grow obviously you can base all your decisions on past things which Mm -hmm. I can do now but in the beginning I was just guessing and I had lots of things that didn't sell as well as I thought they were going to and I ended up with loads of stock and yeah so I think that's like my main advice is just start small and just grow slowly and just learn as you go and always ask your audience anything so like now if we're doing a new collection I'll ask my the followers I have on Instagram, you know, what do you guys want? Like, what do you like? Like, I'm always taking into account every comment I get on TikTok. Like, I want mm-hmm. people asking for fuller coverage bottoms. And we're going to bring out fuller coverage bottoms next year. Like, yeah. just make sure you're listening to everything that your audience wants, because at the end of the day, you're creating it for them. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my two bits of advice is just include your audience, listen to what they want and implement it. Like, actually implement it. Don't just say that we're going to do it and then don't yeah. do it. And just start as small as you can, because that way you can like test yeah see what people like. out of curiosity what t- 
types of swimsuits do you have? Is it mostly bikinis? Is it one pieces? A little mix? Yeah, we've, got, I mean, we've got quite a mix. Like I did try and kind of start with quite a mix. Um, so we've got like high-waisted bikinis, underwide bikinis, swimsuits. Yeah, so it's quite a mix. Yes. Which one is your favourite? My favourite? Um, oh, that's a hard, hard choice. It's just like the classic V V cut bottoms that we do and the um underwear bikini. I wear it all the time. The blue yes. and the Chloe bikini, which is like our turquoise. It's kind of like this colour that I'm wearing now. I know. Yeah, I, can't <laughs> yeah, yes. I like that one. Okay, I love it. And then um, what are your plans? I know you said you were kind of, it's like the plan is to release new collections every year, but like, do you have anything else fun planned for the rest of the year or within, you know, this upcoming Kind yeah of. we we are actually doing like a mini autumn winter drop um in a cup in well this month actually I think I don't know yet I haven't got a launch date yet um, yeah but it will be like in the next few weeks so look okay. out for that I'm not going to say what it is yes. because I'm going to sort everything out first mm-hmm. but um yeah that's super exciting it's an accessory that can go really well with swimwear um for summer but is and for holidays but also you can wear in autumn and winter so it's very versatile oh I'm so, yeah, excited that's what I love <laughs> yes yes and then if people want to find you we talked about where they can shop online but yeah resay where we shop and where we can find you on instagram tiktok all of it yeah of course so i'm at junk london everything so junk obviously j-u-n-k and then london l-d-n um that's instagram and tiktok and what was the other question what's the website sorry? oh yeah yeah uh yeah, we said the website and then oh yeah like tiktok instagram all of that fun yeah stuff. i think that's all like that's all i really have at the moment um that's another bit of advice is don't stretch yourself too thin when you when it's just you yeah i think like really go in where this comes to, like marketing just really focus on like one platform to begin with and then you mm-hmm. can like grow from there because when it's just you if you're stretching yourself between like twitter um, what are the other ones like, Pinterest, but, like yeah like and you end up just not you're watering down your content so yeah. yeah it just starts feeling like a chore I feel like yeah and it's just it's hard work <laughs> so you are though on Instagram and TikTok Instagram and TikTok are our main platforms yeah and we are on Pinterest as well yeah okay and just junk LDN yeah awesome cool well I hope everyone goes and checks it out and thank you again so much for being on the show thank you you are someone who's such an inspiration and I think everything you're doing is so cool and I can't wait to keep up with it oh thank you so much for having me it's been really nice to talk to you of course and we'll talk to everybody next time hey it's Lily thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the how-to podcast a lifestyle podcast on creating life you want Keep up with all things The How To on Instagram at The How To Pod and follow, subscribe, rate, comment, like anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next time.